Put to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Glory. Welcome back. Bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Shabbat Shalom. Amen. Thank God for all of you and what the Holy Spirit's doing in your lives. It is significant. We're here to enrich it. We want to enrich your relationship with the Holy Spirit inside those temples, your bodies, for the inner intelligence, the mind of Christ to rise like the bright morning star in your hearts by the prophetic word, 2 Peter 1.19, for the full dawn of your day, which is the fullness of the glory of the Father shining forth from our hearts and minds because of the word of God. We teach and preach the word of God to awaken hearts and to build up hearts, edifying hearts, and for the spirit man to take dominion over the natural man. The fallen state is the spirit man is trampled underfoot by nature and by natural instinctual human beings who live out of mere reasoning and natural instinct. They're called brute beasts in the New Testament by the apostles. They're constantly being persecuted by them. Well, we need to overcome that and we need to conquer it. I like what the Passion Translation calls the Antichrist in the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. It calls it the wild beast. The enemy is only able to use the wild beast. What does that mean? Flesh that is out of control and disobedient to the Word of God. Bringing the flesh into obedience to the Word of God begins with finances. It's absolutely the truth. Anyhow, and people have the biggest problem with this stuff because it's the biggest stronghold. Jesus Christ said, the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the trust of money. And people don't like to bring it into the relationship with God, but the sacrificial system of Moses, which is symbolic today for wisdom purposes, required that offerings be made every single day. What does that have to do with us today? It requires the continuous sacrifice of the valuable things of the natural realm to the works of Jesus Christ. And the Lord was just talking to me because we have some wonderful people that are really going after the devil that are true disciples in RLM TV. And they're just being inspired by the Holy Ghost to attack the areas where the enemy is speaking and where the enemy is operating and tempting human beings and it's often finances that's not a rare thing that's usually where they go they get people to stop bringing sacrifice so that they're locked in the natural realm and never investing in the eternal heavenly realm the reason why it's so important because without the sacrifice of the below dimension the above dimension is locked off to you because you are not building there the reason why it's so important is because Colossians 3.1 says that's where our entire focus must be as Christians. This includes all of our time, all of our business, all of our relationships, um, all of the success we have in life is for one success, the success of the heavenly Jerusalem, the Father's kingdom above. And re listen to this, Colossians 3.1. This is called, put on the new self. I'm in the Amplified Translation. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead, keep seeking the things that are above, where Christ is, 
seated at the right hand of God, set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above the heavenly things. As I was reading that earlier today, it said heavenly tablets, which is literally the word of God written on the sun, moon, and stars. Let's go right to the meat. What does it mean to be focused on heavenly things? It is 1 Enoch 81 verse 1. Enoch, study each heavenly tablet, which means the word of God on each star. Truth anyhow, and that's how the word of God comes down to us. That's what scripture is. Scripture is the word that was first written on the stars that prophets filled with the Holy Ghost wrote down, scribed that righteousness down, which is what the scriptures are. If it was not previously written on the stars, it's not scripture. Somebody say amen in the comments. This is not a new concept to Christianity. This is every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. We have not understood how things from God come down from God. We've kind of kept the the mid-heavens, the second heavens, a mystery until this generation. Now we need to understand it so we can begin serving God much more accurately with revelation and wisdom. Habitually focused on things above, the heavenly things, the heavenly tablets, not on things that are on the earth which have only temporal value. This is where we need refinement. How much of our soul life is focused on things below, which scripture says, Colossians 3.2, only have temporal value. You know what that means? Worthless. It has no eternal value. It's absolutely profane. It's not important. How do we make everything in our lives utterly important so it's so infused with importance that it's filled with God's glory? Only the important things are filled with glory. The mundane things, the temporal things, the earthly things don't have any glory in them because they're all set for slaughter. They're all set to be destroyed and slaughtered. It's worthless. This is how we begin to invest in the things of the glory, in the realms of glory, where God is in heaven, it is written, above, seated at the right hand of God, where Christ is. If we're Christians, we need to be where Christ is. Christian means to be filled with the Christ. The Bible says he's not on earth at all. Therefore, to be a Christian, you must be heavenly, completely, entirely, all the time, keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth. If we can repent and do this, we can begin to be obedient to the building of God's commandments of His Word written on these stars. And that's what true obedience is. It's studying the heavenly tablets and obeying it with your soul above, your wisdom above, and your body below is like a slave. The body gets to come along too, but it has no leadership. A lot of times people, because we're a little far off from the wisdom that God requires of us, people are more led by their feelings then they are led by God's commandments. Right. And people oftentimes say, well, I felt led to blah, 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 blah. And they think it's the Holy Ghost, but it's just their feelings. But we're here to tell you that your feelings are not God. The complete opposite. The human feelings are pure delusion. It is the feelings that have to be burnt on the altar of the Holy Ghost every day. Otherwise, you'll live in illusions. Your feelings that are not burnt in the holy fire are 100% the false prophet, which means false inspiration of revelation. False inspiration is in every single person who has not learned to burn their feelings and emotions on the altar of the Holy Ghost. Feeling-led Christianity is the greatest abomination of all time. 
We cannot care about our feelings. It's self-deification. It's self-idolatry. The only feelings I care about are the feelings of my master. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, honor God through feelings. It is written. Therefore, if we honor the feelings of the Holy Ghost, guess what? We'll never want to do anything that displeases Him. Why? Because it will feel terrible. It'll feel like sin. We need sin to feel terrible. We need wrongdoing to feel awful. It's important that it feels like death because it is death. If it feels any other way of pleasure or good, that means there are areas of us that are completely opposed to the divine will. Amen. It's good to be open to correction. I just want to share this testimony yeah, from, you know, it's one of our sisters in the Lord. Uh, the, her whole ascension journey, other than being around RLM TV, came about through uh, feeling led and having that kind of indignation, offense, reaction to something that God was doing and said, you know, had said something in such a way I wanted, you know, to test uh, test this sister and when I just rebuked the crap out of her for that and said no this is actually like you know that's a demon that's not the Holy Spirit that's just your emotions and so I rebuked the crap out of her for that and then guess what she's got like four fully circumcised sapphire stones now so it's just like went from like totally the wrong reaction to totally the right one and all just from being able to receive correction with humility so I mean these are so valuable to have these gemstones and all it took, and it doesn't really even take that much anymore. Some, sometimes it's just those initial steps, you know, because we're so prideful when we begin this journey that it just takes just getting the crap rebuked out of you uh, on something. And it's kind of humiliating feeling. Uh, but that's why we, we like to rebuke in private as much as possible, right? We're not putting that out there on display or talking about it, you know, behind people's backs. It's not the way of righteousness, right? So we reprimand in private, praise in public. By the time something comes out into the public uh, where it's going to be a rebuke, it's already been like rejected, rejected, and sin, 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 you know, rejecting God's corrections and reproof unto the point of this is a last-ditch effort of the Holy Ghost to try and get people, you know, back into alignment with His Word to receive correction. So just be encouraged that even if it's, uh, even if it feels kind of painful or it feels kind of like a shameful thing to receive rebuke and just understand just, you know, it's good to rip the bandaid off and just to deal with it, deal with the false Holy Spirits, deal with the, you know, emotional idolatry of being led by your own emotions because in a very short amount of time, you could possibly have many sapphire stones circumcised within you. And I wanted to speak a word to because the Lord has been telling me this over and over for, this is for you guys in Minneapolis who are watching. This is for our precious people there. He has been telling me this like every day. So I got to tell you guys, you're not that far behind the people who are rising right now. You're really not. I think the enemy might've gotten into some of your heads thinking you're so far behind. How could you be doing so bad when you were there in person every day? And that's just not true. You actually have a very solid foundation of the fear of the Lord and the fear of the Zadik, the Zadikim. So you actually have the best possible base to start off with, to launch from, right? When you're very stable in those things before you go up, when you do go up, you will have a much easier time than people who don't have that strong of a background. Like Brandon, for example, he has a very rich background in teaching and training and rebuke and chastisement and the scourging of a son so for him going cosmic he's just shot right up like a tender shoot because those things come a little bit more naturally to him because of the training right because of undergoing the suffering and the severities those things that people don't really like to go through the things that people don't really like to hear if you can hear it from the lord especially through another person especially a person that god's put in charge of your soul then you're going to bear forth fruit and fruit that lasts. So I want to encourage you, if you're in a place of being corrected by the Lord, don't despise it. Uh, don't run away from it. Just embrace that shame because the rabbis have taught for many years that there are two kinds of shame, 
right? There's a good shame that leads to repentance. And then there's a bad shame that just goes along with the self-pity and denial and going your own way that seems right to you but leads to destruction. So I want to encourage you today, receive correction, receive instruction, because that is, in, es in its essence, the Holy Kabbalah. Yeah, correction for ten worlds of circumcisions needed for every single person who rises. I think why it's so difficult in this generation is because we've had so much fortification in our earthly charismaticness that we refuse to believe that we're still wrong about everything. But there is a, a slaughter of everything still on every level. It is a principle of repenting from your previous way of repentance. You will continuously repent, which means go higher. The word repent means to go higher or to go deeper. So just because you've had one surface level depth into God doesn't mean that there aren't 10 million more in that same exact thing. What's so sad is that people do one thing, one repentance, one baptism of fire, one baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then they don't go deeper. It's called complacent, right. complacent call that, satisfaction. It's like that's the pinnacle of their life because they're so in all of that one little moment. But then instead of continuing on where they left off, they kind of go slide down from that. And then they look back on that. Oh, I remember when that was the pinnacle. And your pinnacle was like two steps up the mountain. You know, so we want to go further. We want to go deeper in Christ. We want to draw ever nearer to the heart of the Father, drawing ever nearer to your Lord Jesus Christ, who is within you. So if you can really get the revelation, right, it starts as a teaching. And as you process the teaching, you hear it again and again. It starts to sink deeper. You allow it to go down through your heart and work out those things in your heart that need worked out. And cut away and removed and you know upturn uh, remove all the stones and then it starts to really sink deep into your spirit if you let the lord through his word do its work because the word does not need your help to work he is just asking for your willingness you surrender your crown let's say you're casting your crown at the feet of jesus and you're like, no, my crown, my crown, you know, <laughs> you're casting. That's our own will at the feet of Jesus. And so if you're willing, of course, he's able. Are you willing? That's the big question, because the word of God has its own inherent working power within. He's just looking to who is going to yield to the word of God. He has enough of his own power. He doesn't need you to help him to have power he's looking for someone who will be a willing vessel of total surrender we need an understanding of sheep and goats and a deeper wisdom to understand sheep and goats sheep and goats represent the part of us that will follow the shepherd okay sheep will move with the shepherd goats do not so in order for there to be more of heaven in you more of the holy spirit if you ask your Father in heaven, how much more will he give you the Holy Spirit? Gospel of Luke, it is written. We need more of the Holy Spirit, much, much more. Thousands of times more of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the only part of the Trinity that's both on earth and in heaven in 1 John chapter 5, which means there's thousands of times more of the Holy Spirit as you rise in a sheep nature. Sheep represent Jacob Israel, God's sheep. Goat represents Esau, the rejection of the covenant. Now, we can't just blame others. All of us have goats that need to die daily. That's why Torah commanded daily burnt offerings. Every single day of the year, there must be burnt offerings. That's the burning of the goat nature. Otherwise, you cannot walk with God. You cannot serve God today unless the goat dies today. One goat went to Azazel, which means I have nothing to do with the fallen angels. And one goat was your own sin that was killed, the scapegoat of Israel, so that my entire soul is a sheep. Okay? 
So we look at the prodigal son. In order for the prodigal son in Luke 15 to go into the father's house, Jesus Christ said that the goat had to be killed for him to enter the house of the father to begin having fun or enjoying the word of God with enthusiasm, to begin the path of scholarship, to begin obedience. That goat, which was all the nature of the fallen angels, had not yet been slain. They were not taught the daily sacrifice. I die daily, it is written, which means I am a daily goat sacrifice. Well, I'm a sheep. No, you're not. You wake up in the morning, there's goat stuff that dies daily. Anyone that says they're without goat makes God to be a liar. It is written. So there is stuff that needs to be burnt as an offering daily in our souls. Otherwise, the sheep part of us, the part that wants to walk with him, cannot fully cooperate with him. There is more that must burn every day. So we need to recognize the goats in our lives, the ones that are apparent before our eyes, that the Holy Spirit sent forth, convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Judgment of what? Killing of our goats. The areas where we're stubborn, it's usually financial blockage. It's usually fear blockages. It could be laziness blockages, lust blockages, religious blockages, all kinds of false knowledge and, uh, you know, heresies, which are human doctrines, human teaching blockages so that we don't go up into the realms where Christ is in the heavenlies. All that stuff is goat. The goat is the false teacher. The goat is the false prophet. The goat needs to be put to death. The goat is the foreskin in the membrane of the uncircumcised. All of it dies. It burns. That's what the lake of fire is for. The lake of fire is the final resting place of the entire goat nature of men and women. Now, we don't have to participate with hell in this life. If we understand the new covenant priesthood, we can live as sheep every day as long as we're doing the works of the priest. A priest's job, and you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, holy unto God. Only priests, if you are killing goats in your own hearts and in your own minds and in your wallets and bank accounts and businesses and relationships, are you taking care of hell and just getting rid of hell and making more room for the Holy Spirit to lead you higher into heaven? That is the evidence that you are in right standing with God. Are those the desires of your heart? You go after those things. You study the scripture to be a better sheep, to be guided by the great shepherd, Jesus Christ. If we're not studying the scripture for the shepherd to guide us, and it's just for us to be a better self-guide, we're going to stay dead. We're going to get delusional. We're going to get into the false prophet, the beast, and the red dragon, pride, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of religion, pride of knowledge, uh, the scholar demon. All these temptations will overcome us unless we learn to kill the goat. So we need a people that are consistent in killing goats and calves and the animal forms, the birds, beasts, and reptiles that want to bear the image of our countenance in Romans chapter 1. These are spirits that come in that want to fortify the foreskin and take away our birthright as Jews. Romans 2, you are circumcised of heart, therefore you are true Jews. A, a true Christian is a true Jew according to the doctrines of the apostles of the Lamb in the New Testament. Therefore, a true circumcised of heart has all the inheritance of Israel, Isaac, and Abraham. You know what that is, guys? The whole universe. Every single constellation, planetary system of times and seasons, government of day, sun, government of moon, uh, night, and all of those inheritances that were given to the people of Israel are ours in Messiah, for he is the Messiah of the sheep of Israel. Now listen, the stuff that is goat is all a thief and a robber, and it's all hell trying to get in and steal from heaven. Remember, the fallen angels fell, first Enoch, with stolen revelations. Their nature is to steal from God, and the evidence that they're working in a person's life is that the, the goat nature is taking from the sheep nature. The, the foreskin is taking away from the glory of God, and it's applying it to self. It's not so much as you got a, a, a demon so much to sitting on you, obviously ruling your life, you have self sitting on you, ruin your life, which is the devil. So he comes in the guise of self. 
a person that is self-servient is a, a is a servant of the devil 100% of the time. How do we become less self-servient, less selfish people? Only through the sacrificial system of the new covenant that's operated by words that obliterate selfishness. Amen. It's like the horns of the altar of the son of righteousness. It's the priesthood of Michael. Prince Michael is a priest and an archangel. And you'll find him active in the court systems and the heavenlies as well, defending the people of God, which is nice. Great warrior, great wrestler, and an inspiration to all who would rise to be more like the holy angels, right? We have so much to learn from the holy angels to be enculturated in their culture. It's not about us preserving our American culture in American ways. It's not us about it's not about us preserving earthly cultures, right? African culture, French culture, Italian culture, Eskimo culture, surely not, you know. But <laughs> And yeah, we're not here for we're not here culture. for the blub. We're not here for the blubber. We're nuggets. here for angelic culture only. It's all mm-hmm. about angelic culture. I tell you the truth: the more you are intertwined with holy angelic culture, the more you have dominion over nature. Right. So, how do you know if your culture of your earthly nation is getting in the way of your spiritual progress? If your behavior is considered inappropriate by angelic culture, that's how you know it's getting in the way and needs to be dashed to pieces. Because as many of you already know, if you go into heaven, if you would look into heaven today, right, the disembodied uh, spirits of the believers who are saved by Jesus, who are awaiting the resurrection to have a new body, right, they died in the flesh, they're saved, they're in heaven enjoying paradise, they've tapped out for now, we gotta finish the work, Now's their time to enjoy heaven. Now's our time to build and do the kingdom works. Amen. So if you look into heaven right now, you'll see, especially towards the outer courts, a lot of people still cling to the earthly ways even in heaven. That's why there's leadership in heaven, right? Different leaders have different speaking engagements. There's all kinds of activities even now going on in heaven with the believers in the cloud of witnesses And they need leadership. So there are leaders among saints in heaven to help guide the people in heaven who lived more of an earthly life but were still saved to guide them into a higher and more heavenly way of living. But you'll see they still have groups and tribes associated with their nations. You'll see uh, like some people, they had like Native American tribes that came from. They grouped together. So there's a glorification of the earthly cultures. So we're not just getting rid of everything that God created. No, there's a glorification. But when we have an idolatry or we have an idol of something about our own human nature or human tribes, that's when it's getting in the way of your spiritual progress, which is ascension through circumcision. So put it all on the altar, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let it burn. Whatever passes through the fire and is sustained as gold, you know, gold or silver through the fire, well, then it'll remain. You keep going up, and if it falls off, it falls off. If it burns up, it burns up. But don't hold back anything from the fire to save it, because anything that goes into the fire of ascension through circumcision, through the priesthood of Melchizedek, right? Your life on the altar is a burning one, like a burning sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice if it's not lit on fire. So you need to be lit on fire, You might have oil, but you need to be lit on fire. That spark, the scintillating sparks of the brightness of the radiance of the glory of the Holy One, blessed be his name, will ignite you as you have oil. But if you have given away oil foolishly, let people, you know, steal the oil, given the oil away, say, no, get your own oil, make sure you're filled up with oil, so that when those scintillating sparks 
descend upon you the word of God coming down like lightning bolts and the rain of dew of fire coming down that you're on the altar. The altar is not blemished. The altar is made with, you know, it's not made with human hands. An unblemished altar that is not made with human hands. And your sacrifice is acceptable. And the fire will always answer. So make sure you have oil. And prepare yourself for fire. Make sure your altar is not blemished. Make sure you're walking uprightly before God and keeping with the fruits of repentance. Right? Bringing God good fruit means you keep repenting. Keeping those fruits of repentance. You'll find that in the New Testament as well. So with that priesthood and that altar and that oil and that fire, you rise. I looked out the window today, this morning, and I saw an eagle flying in circles, ascending. Just gracefully flying. And it was beautiful, but it reminded me of that verse with aloe as eagles ascending and that's where you'll find your permanent healing now some of you may have had the one thing that hasn't been healed they call it the apostle in the new testament called it a thorn in the flesh i've told you my story if you followed us for some time about thorns in the flesh and there are certain things that don't get healed that may not be healed until you ascend to certain heights. That's because, why is the thorn there? To keep humble, or to be humbled by that thing, so that you don't, you know, go outside of the city gates in pride. And so you're leaning on him. But there is a way for those things to be removed, and it's only through cosmic circumcision of ascension, because once the inner working of the heart, circumcision, is completed in that area where you've had a thorn of Satan to buffet you, to keep you humble, when the nature is changed there permanently in that specific area of your heart, of your inner man, then there is no more reason for that there to be there to buffet you. So I want to encourage you, you know, go after healing if you need physical healing or emotional healing, mental healing. But don't get so caught up going around the mountain looking for some external healing, but clean the inside of the cup first, which means circumcise your heart to agree with the word of truth. And as you continue cleaning the inside of the cup up through 10 worlds, then you can start to see more of that fruit. You'll notice an ever-increasing healing and glory as you stay within the city walls. Yeah, I found every provision of God in ascending the mountain of the Lord. The temptation is to go around the mountain looking for what you need at that level. Every single time I've gone up, and it still astonishes my brain, repenting now for 24 years, and will continue to rise through a repentance forever. We repent forever. It's true, which means we rise forever there is a going up forever this is an endless journey into the word of god god is infinite as it's written a king's heart is beyond searching out which means eternity of eternities searching out going up inside the father's heart there's no arrival point but every single provision that you need deliverance breakthrough that you need is going to require faith and obedience to go up into an unseen level of god's light glory to glory where you can't currently comprehend his ability. The angels in the angelic spheres, when you rise into those levels, have a protocol of action in each elevation. So your current level of action, your current level of obedience, your current measurement, it's called in the gospel, the measurement of all the things of God in your life, the measurement rises as you rise in God's ways. Jacob's Ladder. He was looking at the elevations of literally 1 Corinthians 15, stars differing in glory. I want to read this to you because this is the ladder of repentance. 1 Corinthians 15:40. there are also heavenly bodies. This is amplified. 
sun, moon, and stars, and earthly bodies, humans, animals, and plants. But the glory and beauty of the heavenly is one kind, and the glory of the earthly is another. There is a glory and beauty of the sun, another glory of the moon, and yet another distinctive glory of the stars. And one star differs from another in glory and brilliance. Guys, the Apostle Paul here is talking about the stars of Jacob's ladder having different levels of glory as you ascend. The glory of the moon, the glory of the sun, and then distinctive differing levels of glory is what is written of each star. And that's the Sephirot. That's the path of lightnings. That's the ascension path. That is the Torah structure of the house that Jesus Christ gave to Moses on Mount Sinai. It was putting all of creation inside the covenant people's understanding of how to ascend to God. Now, we need Jesus. You can't do it with just Moses and Torah. There's a huge limitation on the people that are trying to do it with just the Old Testament. I mean, it's it's honestly pretty sad. It's pretty yeah, frustrating. Yeah, even people trying to do Kabbalah <laughs> with just the Old Testament, it's a train wreck out there. I mean, yeah. people have lost their minds and they're just they post things about different sacred geometry and Kabbalah writings. It gets weird pretty quick without yeah. Jesus, let me tell you. Yeah, it's a deep darkness. And so, you know, it's wise, it's wisdom to make sure that you are not just going off on your own and studying, you know, the oral tradition of Moses and studying Kabbalah when you don't have any cosmic circumcisions. It's extremely dangerous. So we just want to put a reminder here, especially if you're new you know, make sure you go through the protocol. Make sure you're at least to Hased of Isaiah with full circumcision of both the foreskin and membrane before engaging in that kind of Torah, apart from, you know, what we digest here for you. Uh, because that clinging... And we really don't have anyone at that level, so you need to be in the foundational teachings of what Enoch Metatron directly taught Rebecca, which is the freshman master class. The freshman masterclass is okay. for everyone to understand the framework of Christian ascension with the oral tradition of Moses, which is the framework that Messiah gave us. As he said, I have not come to do away with Moses, but to fulfill it. Right. They told me the same thing I'm telling you, that I couldn't study that stuff until I had gone higher. So there was little snippets of things that were already digested by like a rabbi or just like a little, like a bit of a letter or meaning or something like that. But the angels are very clear with me not to go in and dive in and study those things until I had a higher ascension. And so when we reached those heights and we got the go ahead, it was already ready and prepared, you know, for us. And so we've pioneered that uh, with, you know, demonstrating restraint, knowing about those things existing but refraining from going into them uh, because of angelic instruction. Notice the Bible, when it, it speaks on repentance, it's repentance unto life. That life is the resurrection life. So repentance unto life means coming out of a lower elevation into a higher elevation where there is more light. There's no life except where there is light. And when there's great light, there is also clarity. It is written. So understand the path of ever-increasing light, the full dawn of day, the path of the bright morning star, his ascension of Acts chapter 1, and they watched him ascend on high. That lightning path that Jesus Christ ascended on to be seated at the right hand of God is an ever-increasing glory. It's a light it requires things in us to change from agreement to darkness and stuff. A lot of times we don't realize that it's darkness because Jesus Christ said, beware that the light in you is not actually darkness, which means there's a lot of light that pretends to be the true light of God, but is actually darkness. Okay, this is the religious light. This is the self-deification. This is Luciferian light. This is the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great. This is charismatic tradition which is false light. This is Pentecostal tradition, false light. This is men and women's doctrines, like the 16 foundations of the assemblies of God. I was in the AG for eight years. And I'm telling you, none of that is 
of the heavenly tablets. Therefore, any kind of tradition that we have in our Christian lives, and the glory stream, guys, has tons of traditions too. We have itinerant ministry traditions. We have conference tradition. We have all kinds of... All of it's going to be obliterated. The good, the perfect, the best you've ever known, even the stuff you think is revival will be obliterated for the tradition of the Father, which means what was scribed perfectly in the stars, those heavenly tablets, that is our eternal revival. That's our never-ending revival, is in the realms of perfection of God's original design. What's it called? Gen Eden. The Garden of Eden. Gen Eden. It's the perfection of the original creation of the Father, that's often buried under our own ideas about God, our own traditions about God, our thought life, our judgments towards God and judgments towards God's leadership, our judgments towards every aspect of life. All of that is a foreskin and a membrane. The foreskin is darkness. The membrane is false light. You deal with it in you every single day. Those are catch me the little foxes, catch me and kill me the goats. We, we're going to go into the lion's den and the leopard's lair of pride and lust, and we're going to slaughter the stuff together so that we can ascend into the spice mountains of the Garden of Eden. Again, Eden together to live in the original design of the never-ending revival in a realm where there is no death. We're going to go together, it is written. We're going to ascend together. At moments of the woman's ascension, which means your soul's ascension in the Song of Songs, it appears as if the bridegroom goes missing. He didn't go missing. He just went higher into a higher rung. Later on, she discovers him, but she had to discover what was in that level where her existence was, was full of demons, devils, the night watchman talks about the devils being there, being surrounded by liars and imposters and people that want to kill and steal and, and rob from her and all this stuff that you will have to overcome in order to be victorious. It says that nine times in Revelation 2 and 3, we need that now more than ever. Blessed are they who overcome and conquer, for they shall sit with me on my throne, which means you're going to be in a very high elevation. That's not theoretically, that's not just a good teaching, that's literally. Right, and that's The overcomer is seated with their consciousness on the throne of the Lamb, ruling over the world's. Right. Amen. That's why it's so important to get rid of those soul ties, soul ties, even to, you know, people in high places, any ideas in the mind of like latching on soulishly. I want to be with them. I want to follow them. Even soul ties to the Zadokim are inherently dangerous because what that does is it puts you back into the source of the tower of Jezebel and her father from whom she receives or received her nourishment, which is uh, Molech. And that's what the problem with Christianity has been is the tabernacle of Molech, the star of Remphon, right? Pan and Molech under the shepherding of Satan. And instead of daughter of seven Shekinah, they have daughter of seven abominations Jezebel. False Holy Spirit. So true. The uncircumcised Christian heart, the uncircumcised believer's heart, can only serve the tabernacle of Molech. And we got this idea out here, the tabernacle of Molech's Christianity. No, it's not. It's hell. The Bible says, come out of her, my people. The circumcised of heart, the sheep of heart, the one that has fought the false light inside, the one that has fought, fought the darkness in their inner man, that person is shepherded into the true light, to the serving of the tabernacle of David and the obliteration of the tabernacle of Molech. Esau, the foreskin, builds Molech and serves Molech. Their donations, their tithes, their offerings, their giving is all into Molech. That's what built Babylon the Great. And this is a great warning to the Zadokim and those who are learning righteousness because that temptation does not diminish. You only get stronger resisting it and you gain wisdom and revelation to fight it because those temptations only increase as you ascend, which means you must fortify yourself in your hatred for... uh, You'll notice as you go up into the heavens, there are many preachers. There are many teachers. Not all heavenly academies are of God. Right? There are academies of the other side of Satan. So test every spirit. And if an angel comes preaching, even if an angel, he says, you know, in the book of 
I can't remember what book it is, but in the New Testament, even if an angel comes preaching another gospel, which is the preaching of Molech, right? You'll hear it come into your senses and your ideas and your mind. So I'm warning you ahead of time when you go up and ideas just come to you. And if you start to think, oh, it's just because I'm on an exalted level now. No, you have to test every spirit who is preaching to you, who is teaching you, because it's pointless to ascend many worlds and many rungs only to be caught in the snares of the tabernacle of Moloch again. And then in the end, you end up sinning worse than if you had ever left Malkut. It better that he had not even been born, right? Born again of Ruah and born again of all the souls that you'll acquire if all you do is turn all that righteousness into slime. Now it's it'll become even a worse thing. So the higher we go, the more we work out our salvation with fear and trembling before God because as you've already realized, those of you rising, the higher you go, the more the enemy targets you to turn your righteousness into slime. So that's why we always test and ground what we experience, what we see, what we hear, what we think and feel with the written word of God, not just the oral tradition, right? And a, and a warning on this here. So by eating from the tree of knowledge, they separated Shekinah from Tiferet and clung to her alone, abandoning the unified realm, becoming subject to the vacillations of Shekinah and vulnerable themselves to demonic forces. The reason why we instruct the students to engage in the oral Torah, or to wait to engage in the oral Torah apart from the teaching we digest for them on RLM TV until they re receive the circumcision of Hesed of Isaiah with full and complete circumcision is so that the sin of Adam and Eve is not repeated. The idea is to reverse the curse, not repeat the sin that caused it. Again, the reason why we do that is so that the sin of Adam and Eve is not repeated in your life because the idea here in all these teachings is to reverse the curse of the fall and not repeat the sin that caused it. Please understand that. When we study the oral tradition, we must always Unify her with Tifret, the written word, right? The written word of God. When Shekinah, that's the oral tradition, is separated from the other Sephirot, she becomes vulnerable to demonic forces and can transmit death and destruction. So she is then called the tree of death. That's right. The Shekinah glory y'all are chasing after in the glory stream Tree of Death Ministries Worldwide. Shekinah this, Shekinah that. We need the glory. The glory. Oh, the glory, glory, glory. And it's like tree of death, tree of death, tree, tree of death. Why? Why when she's vacillating, right? That flashing sword of fire blocking your way to the tree of life. You actually have to go through them to get to the shepherd. Just when I, when I, just when I went past them, mm. I encountered him. If you cling to to the Shekinah oral tradition without unifying her to the shepherd king, right? The bridegroom king, Tifret, the written word. There's no anchor. Why is it a tree of death? Shekinah is electricity. It's It can be extremely violent, and that's a good thing. God's poured out his glory. The earth is full of his glory. Glory, glory, glory. How is it a tree of death? Think of it like a Shekinah lightning rod. If you go in a lightning storm and you hold the lightning rod, but you're not grounded, you will get zapped. <laughs> Death is highly likely. You will die. But if you're grounded in the word of God, when the lightning rod is grounded, it's safe for God to turn the power on. The reason why the power of God isn't operating at the heights and the depths and the far reaches that we'd like it to or even that he would like it to is because we are lacking in purity and righteousness it's son of righteousness s-u-n son of righteousness that's tiferet that's the written word of god grounding you in the purity 
because no matter how we grow in the oral tradition or we learn knowledge about things, unless you deeply hate the past sins of Jezebel's Tower, the old way you used to do Christianity, you hate Molech's preaching in the heavens, you hate Pan's Labyrinth, you hate the shepherding of Satan, unless you hate them, you cannot be my disciple. You cannot have the enduring power outflowing of resurrection until you deeply ingrain within you to no longer love those things because most people, even after a little bit of ascension, even after a little bit of teaching and training, still love those abominations because it's the natural default setting of the curse of the fall. And oftentimes that's humans looking to cling with soul ties to anointed people, nice people, Christian people. You want to have a relationship. You need to have, you're looking for someone to have a text message or a phone call with or to be associated with and feel close to and having the emotions feeling a certain way. All of those, if, if those are what you consider your rewards, I want to go up higher so I can be close to the Zadokim, right? So I can be close to these other people who are close to God so that they can like me and speak nice things to me and give me false love. You're looking for the highest level witchcraft of anybody. So that's a high need for repentance. A lot of times, people, when they get into the glory, they just want to have friendships with people in the opposite sex. Even when, you know, men will come around and they think they, they finally say, oh, I need discipline, but let me get it from the female. Let me just confess my sins to the woman. That tender, loving, oh, she'll be so nice to me. That's wickedness. And we teach something here, and your first reaction as a male is you want to reach out to me. Or your reaction as a woman, you want to reach out to Brandon. I want to be close to Brandon. Maybe if I get on a high enough level, I can be close to him. And we can be close friends. And da-da-da-da-da. That's, that's whoredom. That's called being an emotional whore with your ruah soul of the world of emotion. All those things you chase after for your feel good, that's what makes you an idolatrous whore of Babylon in the book of Revelation. Those who are in Jezebel's bed on the sick bed, unless you repent of those things and cut all of your soul ties, and even if you desire to rise to build soul ties, you're worse of a whore than when you first started. Then those people who are in physical churches built by human hands who still haven't even woken up to leave the buildings made by human hands, you're worse. And so you have to repent even more, maybe up to seven times more than the other people. That's an abomination. So understand the things oftentimes when you're, when you're, when you're out of line with the word of God and when you're into those things, you actually love what God hates. And it's not that God doesn't love you, but it's just not acceptable for you to go any higher until you hate what God hates and learn to love what God loves. How is that? In the book of Enoch, there's a commandment. This is the commandment of Enoch. It says, love righteousness. It's not a suggestion, Buckwheat. It's a commandment. That's the commandment of Enoch. Love righteousness. When you begin to hate every wicked thing in your life that sets you back onto the path of life true life which is knowing god so walk in the fear of the lord and what about my emotions listen it may seem impossible to your carnal mind or heart but when you quit looking for satisfaction in those worlds of your emotion in people and others and you begin to realize the glory of christ in your own spirit God orders and ordains your relationships, and then they will be holy. You will no longer desire, in measurements as you get the circumcisions, those desires come off. They fall off of you. You sacrifice them. It's a sacrifice because at first, it's something that you want, that you want to go after, that you desire, but you will never 
have it because it's wicked. God never changes his ways. He expects us to change in accordance with his will. And in the end, in the book of Enoch, it says the elect eventually will dwell with the elect. You're not going to be just in little micro pockets amongst sinners. But first, the chosen being chosen have to stop being the sinners. Amen? So just because we're starting out in righteousness and there's ten worlds of sin on our heads and we want to go after, I need relationships, I need friendships, I need attention. I need, we need to die to the human nature. You know, forget about, you know, the proper, what about my properties, my inheritances? Yes, go after that stuff. But the main thing is get circumcised. When are the people going to come around? When will the nations come? When the Zadokim, those who are learning righteousness here on a daily basis, when you get higher in circumcision and bear fruit, the nations will see your fruit and they will come to the training of righteousness. So the best thing you can help to grow the message is to do the work of sacrificing the self-nature bearing the good fruit of repentance and that will bring in the harvest amen psalms 45 verse 7 you love righteousness uprightness and right standing with god and hate wickedness therefore god your god has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows the separation from wickedness by the hatred towards wrongdoing and the goat nature of Satan and his angels is what produces the joy of the Lord and happiness in your souls. So there must be a hatred towards sin, transgression, wrongdoing, sorcery, the goat nature, the foreskin, the membrane, understanding how it exists in the human being, through 10 worlds of a DNA ladder on the inside. Now, you have received the God sperm genetics of Jesus Christ through the word. First John says that you are born again of the incorruptible sperma of the word of God, which is his own gene pool, the genetics of the Messiah. You have the genetics of the Messiah of Israel inside your stomachs which is the glory of the shekinah god burning in you when you first believe the word that is what rises in you as your own ladder it's the messiah who is the bridge between earth and heaven the bible says amen so you have to understand the enemy has seven mountains of building so you can rise in all kinds of stuff out here but that's in the imagination largely but the only rising that's legitimately God is Jacob's ladder. There's no ascension. There's no rising. There's no growing. There's no promotion. There's no rank system of angels. None of it's God's kingdom unless it's the one ladder of Israel, Jacob. And Messiah Jesus Christ through Israel, Jacob. That is the ladder. That's the only place God is. Inside the city gates is where God is. Outside the city gates is where all the sorcerers and their dogs and those who practice the magic arts, the lovers of the, of the lies of the world, those seven mountains of fallen angel lies that people ascend on out there, one of those mountains is completely filled with worldly Christianity that pretends to be kingdom Christianity. You see this every single day on earth. That seven mountain Christianity versus Jacob's ladder Christianity. One's Esau, the other's Israel. This is heaven, that is hell. It is written. We need to make sure we're only in Jacob's ladder Christianity. We're only in the narrow way Christianity. That's the wide path. There's wide Amen. path Christianity everywhere out there that's saying you have to be a disciple out here. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and climb Satan's seven mountains. No, 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 no. The inward circumcisions of the sword of the Spirit, and we go up Jacob's ladder. We go up the stairway. Right. Anyone can be out there telling you what you want to hear, but we want to speak the truth. Right. It's better to hear the truth because love rejoices in the truth. And wouldn't you rather... Hear it from people who aren't going to sugarcoat it to you, who will tell you the truth, then hear another false gospel, have it your way, Burger King, 
you know, McRib, extra, extra large fry, French fry, you know, junk food for your soul and get nowhere your, the rest of your entire Christian life. It's better to hear the truth, even if it's painful, and make the sacrifice because ultimately this whole journey is about returning you to the Father, restoring you to the way, that ancient path of righteousness. Amen. So we have to hate every other way except the way of Jacob's ladder today and understand that begins from God's word in your stomachs, that Shekinah in your stomach, in a relationship with the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ in your stomach, and you will rise if you get obedient. You begin to get into the word for the word to nourish your soul to be obedient on that ladder, and you will begin to rise from the dead. The outpouring of the resurrection of the Shekinah glory is God's plan inside every single one of your spiritual stomachs. Just lay hands on your bellies, all of you tonight, and I pray for an activation of the river of glory. John 7, 38, out of your belly will flow rivers of glory for those who believe in the word of God. And let the Holy Spirit be the master of your feelings and emotions, that there be a bold courageousness for everyone at the sound of my voice to yield their feelings and emotions. A lot of them are hurt. A lot of them are wounded. You give them to the Holy Ghost in the Holy Spirit himself is your new divine feelings and your new divine emotions that are not so flippant and easily offended, but are rock solid as God's word. In Jesus' name, bless you guys. We'll see you Tuesday. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, gather around. For today, we embark on a journey of purpose and passion, a journey that transcends generations and connects us all through the power of shared dreams. We stand at the crossroads of opportunity and destiny with the chance to weave a story that will resonate for years to come. In the heart of Florida, where the sun kisses the earth with its golden warmth, there lies a vision waiting to be realized, the dream of RLM TV, a beacon of inspiration, a lighthouse of creativity, yearning for a broadcasting facility to call home. Today, I am before you not merely as a speaker, but as a messenger of possibility, as we collectively turn the pages of destiny and script a tale of support and unity. Imagine a place where ideas dance on the airwaves, where voices echo with authenticity, and stories unfold like petals in a poetic bloom. RLM TV envisions such a space, a broadcasting facility that breathes life into narratives, amplifies unheard voices, and unites communities through the eternal thread of righteousness. Now more than ever, we find ourselves in a moment where the power of media can shape perceptions, challenge norms, and spark change. As Joel's army, we carry the torch of experience, the wisdom etched in the lines of our journey. It is our time to contribute to a legacy that goes beyond us, to invest in a space that will be the canvas for the artists of tomorrow. Let us come together, not just as donors, but as architects of a shared dream. Each contribution, whether large or small, is a brick in the foundation of a facility that will stand as a testament to our collective commitment to Jesus Christ's holiness, scholarship, and humility. In the tapestry of life, we have the opportunity to weave a vibrant and rich thread, creating a masterpiece that generations to come will marvel at. Today, I urge you to be a part of this masterpiece. Let us pool our resources, not just for a broadcasting facility in Florida, but for a legacy that transcends the boundaries of time. As we open our hearts and pockets, let us remember that our investment is not just in bricks and mortar, but in the power of divine connection, in the ability of the eternal gospel to bridge gaps and build bridges that we may become the stairway from heaven to earth. Together, we can make RLM TV's dream a reality. And in doing so, we contribute to a cultural landscape that reflects the redemptive strength of our entire generation. Thank you for being the custodians of dreams, the stewards of change, and the architects of a future where RLM TV's broadcasting facility stands tall, a testament to the power of unity, creativity, and the unwavering spirit of righteousness in our generation. Amen.